everybody. Happy New Year. And we are back. Grab your Bible, pencil, a journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Hey everyone, Happy New Year, and welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truths and scripture, and we thought it might be kind of fun to bring you guys in on our daily reading. We go through the Bible every year from January to December, and we wanted to talk through just what we were learning and seeing in scripture as we were reading through. And so we start this episode in Genesis and how sin entered the world and how Genesis means the beginning. And God is the God of new beginnings and how we really can see the heart of God from Genesis 1 on. So we are really glad that you're here. So pull up a chair and listen in. Well, here we are. We are in Genesis at the very beginning, and it's January 2022, and we are in Genesis. How are you doing on your reading, Kara? I'm doing pretty good. I always start I start yeah. good. I start mm-hmm. well, I should say, and then I tend to fall off the wagon, but I'm on the wagon right yeah, now. that's great. And 15 chapters that we're going to kind of talk about. It has your favorite chapter. Mm-hmm. Genesis 3. And there must say something about me that one of my favorite chapters is Genesis 3. And it's the first time that man uh, experienced sin and mm-hmm. God got onto him. Yeah. Was there anything new that, because that's one thing that I love is we reread the Bible over and over again, and there's new things that God pulls out. Was there anything new this time? Well, I think that for me, when I was thinking about uh, Genesis 3, because I always think about how they had a perfect environment, and yet they had a choice of where they're not, they were going to obey God, or they wanted to live life on their own terms. And of course, we know they wanted to live life on their own terms. But I think today, and something that I've thought about is that even though Genesis 3 we're first aware of the fact that Adam and Eve sinned, but how the progression of sin and, and how that it went from there automatically, you know, went to the place where Eve had to deal with the death of her son, you know, Cain. And then it goes to the flood. And then, you know, it, it's just like sin just multiplying over and over again. And, and then, you know, the Tower of Babel, of, I'm going to build my tower to God. I'm going to try to reach God on my own terms, and which all comes from Genesis 3. But I guess I kind of paid a little bit more attention uh, this time to the progression of how from creation there was such a corruption, and then, you know, it was the flood, and then the Tower of Babel. It's just, you know, sin just doesn't sit still. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the big principles here that we have to be careful because, I mean, of course, we're not, you know, in the New Testament, we're not even close, we're just starting. Mm-hmm. But because we know that, you know, Paul talks about, you know, the things that you've done when you've lived in sin, you know, how well did that go for you? Don't you just regret it? And so now that's all in the New Testament, but we see that very principle 
you know, in Genesis, because there is this sin, there is consequences of their sin, then there is, you know, repentance of their sin, but then it continues that process and they continue to sin over and over. And so... Well, it does talk about that in Genesis 6, the increasing corruption mm-hmm. on the earth. I mean, that's that's when it definitely seems like it... Explodes. I don't know what the word is, but yeah, like it's like a tumbleweed, like snowballs. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. It's like it snowballs. One thing that I know I have heard people over the years wonder is how it says that... I think it's in... Genesis 6, actually, now that I'm saying it, of how God looked at the earth and regretted that he made man. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Because I know that some people hear that and think like, oh, how could God regret? Like he knew this was, if he knew this was going to happen and, you know, like, what do you think about that? Well, I think that it is uh, a great principle of how that God is a God that feels and a God that sees and a God that cares, I think that he said he regretted it. And I think the reason people sometimes have a problem with that is because they don't see God so personal. They think of God just kind of like knows everything and doesn't have any feelings and doesn't sympathize, which is why Jesus came to show us that. Right. But do you, you think it means that he wish he didn't? That's what it says. And I think that that goes to say that it does break the heart of God when we sin. And I think it's not necessarily, maybe, I don't know, I don't want to talk for God. And I'm sure every Bible scholar has tried to figure this out. But over the years that I've studied it, the thing that I think <laughs> meant the most to me was the uh, the guy that I really respect. He's a Bible scholar. And he just said, well, that's just what it says. Don't try to read into it. Don't try to, you know, create God in your own image kind of thing. It just says that he regretted it. Now, I think if we wanted to look at that and try to really come up with something, it would be more about the principle of the God Mm -hmm. has feelings, Right. He's not a robot. He's not. Right. And, you know, uh, we'll get on into this and you'll see in Exodus where God (laughs) says he's going to destroy the Israelites Mm because he's so mad at them. He said, a bunch of stiff necked people and they won't pay attention to what I'm having to say. And Moses then intercedes and says, God, you can't do that. Right. We'll talk about that later. But it says that God repented, (laughs) which means God changed his mind. So again, a lot of people are like, God never changes his mind, whatever he says he is. Well, that's yeah. what it said. God changes his mind. So I really feel like, Kara, we just have to go with what it says. I don't yeah. know exactly what that means. But I do feel that he just wants us to know that he has a heart and he loves us and he cares. And that sin does break his heart. And uh, probably because he sees what sin does to us. Right. It says it grieves him right after yeah, that. grieved him. So my other question is, obviously, right after that, God sends the flood to destroy most everything, not everything, but, and obviously, Mm -hmm. in our day now, and other time periods and time throughout the last thousands of years, 
sin is rampant. Sin is like this world is evil. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you think that he chose then? And I know, obviously, this is just your opinion, just your thoughts. Not like it's you know law, but I'm just curious. Like, he destroyed it then. Why do? You, and I know he said he would never destroy it again in by way of the flood. And in Revelation, it talks about how right you know new heaven and new earth. New earth. But why do you think that he decided to destroy it then, and he? basically won't again until the end. Well, again, I think if we go back to how that God feels, and he saw a man, Noah, who was a righteous man, and he gave, again, his love, he gave second chances through the ark. You know, Noah is building an ark and telling everybody it was going to rain, and they're all going, what's that? They'd never seen rain. It had never rained. No. Mm-mm. That is so funny that I've never noticed. I've never picked up on that in all these years. Mm-hmm. I just want to stop and say, like, that's what I love about Scripture. And I remember the first year I read the whole Bible with yeah. you. I remember thinking, like, how do you read it over and over and over again? Like, that feels so monotonous and boring. And, you know, here, this is, I don't even know, my eighth year, maybe eighth or ninth year doing this with you. And I know you've done it a lot more than I have, but anyway, I just love that about it. Like, I love that there are things that you think, you know, like I've read this a thousand times. How have I not picked up on that or noticed that? But anyway, that's just a side note, but I like, wow, never picked up on it. You know, it says that, um, he says, behold, I'll bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy it and all flesh in which is the breath of life under heavens. And he was telling uh, Noah that it was going to rain. And so it was up to Noah to be obedient and to build the ark. And then he does try to, you know, tell everybody. He, gets, he saves his family, but the people had to have asked him, what are you doing? And he's sure that he said there's a flood, that God has told me there's a flood, people did not listen. But I think that the key of of it all is to seek God's grace, that what God was looking on the earth, as you pointed out, how he was so upset and that he made man and the evil that was happening, because it just went, you know, from Adam and Eve to Do you think that it was worse? Do you think that it was worse than it is now? You know what, Kara, I thought about that a hundred times because I think about how bad it is now. And I'm thinking, how could the times of Noah be worse? I, I just can't even imagine, but it has to be. Right. Like, that's what I was wondering and asking. Like, he hasn't, you know, decided to destroy the earth now, you know, like, I mean, at least not that we know of. Yeah. Or he hasn't, you know, in the last however many thousands of years since that. So yeah, like, that's what I was wondering. Like, it had to have been worse. And I don't even know how to, I don't even mm-hmm. know. Like, and I wonder if it was worse because it was more concentrated, like there weren't as many people. And so maybe, I mean, obviously, if the only righteous people and favorable people in God's eyes were Noah and his family, I mean, imagine if we did that mm-hmm. now, if we pulled all of the righteous believers, like, I think there would be more than whatever, 20 or however many people are in Noah's family, you know? Yeah. So, family, I mean, I wonder yeah. if that was part of it where it was, 
you know, the percentages, <laughs> the 99% of the population yeah. was evil yeah. versus now there is evil, but there are a lot of, you know, righteous, you know, God-fearing people. Well, and, and I think that there are a lot of believers here on the earth now where back then, you know, it was, you know, it was different. The I, I do believe that the Word of God, God's speaking and having God's covenant with Noah and how that God showed grace and mercy to Noah by mm -hmm. allowing his family to go in and to the ark and how God is, you know, hating sin. And I think that's principle there so much that, you know, it would say that God, you know, hated or mm -hmm. wished he hadn't made, you know, man. So I think that the overall thing, you get caught up in a lot of the details of what you're talking about. But I think for us, and for me, as you were asking earlier about reading through this, what, what was I thinking? I think that living in the time of where we are right now and how I consider this moment in time, as far as I am concerned, is probably the most evil point of time that I have experienced. I just can't even comprehend that anyone would even consider killing a unborn baby at nine months. I, I just that's just blows my mind. And how evil that we have become and how godless we have become. And I think about our time right now where we are and how I think back over Adam and Eve, and they had no idea what they were doing when they were just choosing that. They had no idea um, what was going to, yeah, hang in, what hung in the balance. Right, what was ahead of them. Yes, and of course, it wasn't long that uh, Eve really realized <laughs> right. it when the, she had to see well, childbirth, not only yeah. death of her son. Do you think that, I know I've asked you this on another episode, and I, I have no idea which one it was, but do you think if Adam and Eve didn't sin, that someone else would have eventually? Like, do you think it was bound? Sin was bound. The story. This story was bound to be written. Whether Adam and Eve were the initial, you know, people to bring sin into the world, or to allow—I should say—they're the first people to allow sin to. They didn't bring it, but they allowed sin to enter in the world. But well, obviously, at that point, when Adam and Eve did sin, and they chose to do it, there was the, because, actually, because Satan had already sinned and uh, was very prideful and had already been cast right. down from being, being an angel, you know, mm -hmm. with godly. Uh, and so there was, there was the uh, possibility of sin, and it was just ignited when uh, Adam and Eve chose. So the presence of sin or the a possibility to sin was there, but it wasn't moved forward. It wasn't ignited until they chose to do that. So knowing how people are. It was just a matter of time. It's not then. Right. If they didn't, because sometimes I think we can be like, oh, if they, you know, jokingly or maybe not jokingly, I don't know if, you know, they hadn't have taken that fruit, but it's like, no, someone like you, you may have, I may have, who knows? Well, man's tendency to sin, and we see that. And, you know, again, if you're living in a world, in a garden that's only 
has one rule and God's walking around and his presence is so obvious. And yet they still had right. this tendency to want to sin and disobey God. It would just be, right. in my opinion, a matter of time Makes before sense. that they would. And I think that that's one of the things that we have to see, that we just never know what we would do until we've been given that opportunity mm-hmm. for sin to express itself. And I, I guess today, Kara, the, the biggest thing I'd, in these chapters is to, in my opinion, is to look back and, and look at how easy it is for us sometimes to walk away from what God wants and to want to live our lives apart from God or listening to God, and and then just to see the heart of God. I mean, later on, after Noah has seen God just do amazing things, then Noah, after the flood, and he's been saved and mm-hmm. rescued, then he does. Right. You know, he goes and gets drunk. And, you know, I, I just feel like there's just this thing. I, I think Jesus said it this way, Karen, maybe what you're talking about. Jesus would look at the people and he said, and Scripture says it, Jesus did not commit himself to man because he knew what was in man. Wait, what do you mean he did not commit himself to man? He, yeah, he didn't trust himself. He didn't, you know. I, mean, I, don't, uh, I don't either. <laughs> just give himself. Like he did the 12. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's another issue, another top podcast. Uh, but, uh, but you know, what he did was he would see the Pharisees, and he knew that they were going to try to trap him and stuff like that. So he knew the heart of man. He knew who was He knew that Peter was going to deny him and all that kind of stuff. I think it's in, like interesting, and we can get to this when we get more or later into Genesis because it's at the end of Genesis. But seeing how Joseph is not in the line of Jesus, and we Joseph's story is so well known. It's a very popular story, and Joseph, I I love his story. And like I said, we can talk about that more when we get to the end of Genesis. But I always thought that Joseph was in Jesus's line, but he's not. It's Judah who is the son that of the 12 tribes, Judah and Tamar, which is a really scandalous story. It's in, um, I think around Genesis 38, but we can get there later. But anyway, I just love seeing in these beginning chapters of the grace and redemption of God and who he uses and is so intentional of who is in Jesus's line. But I think that's what's interesting is Joseph is in a shadow in Jesus's ancestry, but Judah is the line. And I'm just saying, like, if you look at the 12 sons of Jacob or Israel, Mm -hmm. the son that you probably would assume the Messiah would come from would not be Judah. And we can talk more about the story, you know, later, but, you know, Judah is the one, I think it was, I don't don't know this for sure, but I think it was like Judah's idea to throw Joseph in the pit. But Judah had a really scandalous story with his daughter-in-law, Tamar. And, you know, that's the line of Jesus. And I just think, like, those kind of things I think are interesting. And just to show that how I think, especially women, we can get caught up in perfection and wanting to be perfect and wanting, you know, how we are presented and everything. And... God doesn't look at that. He doesn't care. Like he, we can't do that. And the people that he chooses and not even to use, but that he chose to be in the ancestry and in the 
the genealogy of Jesus. I just think, I just love noting that as we're reading. I love seeing that. I love seeing who he chooses. Well, this is, you know, again, going back to the heart of God and how that God doesn't do things the way that we, you know, right. necessarily we do things. Are we, you know, he chooses who he, you know, decides to choose. And I mean, who would think that he would actually choose Moses who, right. yeah. you know, kills you know, a person and runs out to the wilderness. And anyway, the, the, I think that the point of these of these verses is to look at your right in the fact that God doesn't expect us to be perfect, but He has given us His Word, and He has given us His choice to choose, you know, the way that we should do and what we should do in the sin, whether or not we're going to sin, and how easily we can sin. And once we do sin, we continue to sin, and how hard it is in our own flesh, and that's why we need a Savior, to decide, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this anymore. And often, you know, what we think we would never do, not only do we do it again, but we do it and begin to, you know, be more into uh, right. enslavement of that bondage of what we continue, those strongholds and stuff. So I think, you know, these chapters of what we really want to just focus on is, yes, there's the genealogy of that, of Jesus and how you look back and think, oh my gosh, you know, he didn't choose to have the perfect ancestors. Right. Or the- well, I just love note seeing who he, yeah, just is I just think that's fascinating, like seeing who he chose to be in in that line, mm-hmm. in his line. And I think just also seeing just how sin escalates. You know, you've always told me like sin never sits still. And mm-hmm. I think whether it's yeah. in a culture or whether a household or in your own heart, which obviously your own heart is where it really matters, but how sin doesn't sit still. And if it goes unchecked, just how far and how quickly sin can progress. And obviously, you know, we just have to continue to turn and repent and we'll sin again. But I think that's, it's like taking continually turning and repenting. I think, you know, like that's how you stop the snowball because it's going to start again, Mm -hmm. but it's continually um, cause I think that probably was what happened at the very beginning you know, in Noah's time where they're clearly, if there was no one righteous other than Noah, then they weren't repenting. So it just was escalating so quickly. Mm-hmm. And, it, and we'll see as we get on into Genesis, it says that every man would do things, um, or choose to, you know, walk the way that they would think, like they're do everything in their own eyes that. And so I think that, you know, that's kind of where we are today, too. It's like, well, I don't think that that's true. And it's just really, well, what does God say about that? A lot of people try to decide what's right or wrong based on what they think or what they feel or how that they've, you know, been told or just their, you know, how they reason. And Scripture clearly says that there's no way that a man can choose to really know what is right because— only God knows we have a tendency to determine what we feel like is right or wrong uh, based on our opinion or experience or what someone else has told us. But I think that for us as we close today and as we're starting to get into Genesis and seeing how there is a pattern, it starts, you know, with Adam and Eve and then it 
begins, you know, to move forward. And we're dealing with, you know, sin and we're dealing with the flood and how it just continues to snowball, as you said. And then God was like, okay, that's it. And then it's not long after the flood and how God, you know, did save Noah that Mm -hmm. then Noah begins and we see sin start all over again. And that's why we need a Savior. And that's why we ended the last couple of um, episodes before, you know, in 2021, of how that Jesus came to save us. We, you know, we need to be redeemed. We need new life. We need a new heart. Mm -hmm. We need new minds. We need a new perspective. And we need a a Savior. And so I think as we began to to read into Genesis, we're going to see the beginning of a lot of things. But definitely, it's the beginning of sin. It's Well, first, it's the beginning of creation and God's desire, thought everything was so good. And then man decided to be their own God. And then we began to see the first time they sinned. And then the first blood, the shedding of blood, which is the animals, uh, where God, you know, mm-hmm. clothed Adam and Eve. Yeah. Well, and that's, it's one of my favorite attributes of God is that he's a creator and not just in creation, but he's constantly creating for us. He's constantly creating new. And I think that goes back to what we talked the last episode in 2021, just talking about death and life. You know, he is always creating a new future, you know, or a new, um, something new for us to step into. And I love that when it feels like I feel like you're running into dead ends or, you know, dreams or hopes lost. It's like, you know, he's creating new. Mm -hmm. Something new. Always something new. Yeah. And I do, I do love that. And I think that today, you know, as we close it, we just really need to just concentrate and really ask God, say, God, you know, I'm capable of anything at any time. And I know that you've saved me because I need a savior, but I have to be very careful in the way that I walk because Without thinking, sometimes I'll go away from you when I need to run to you. And I think that that's kind of what Genesis is all about, is how easily we can uh, walk or run away from God, or we can do things that we regret, and yet we can see the heart of God, who's always running after us, giving us chances, as He gave Moses as he gave Noah and the chances of being able to rescue us, what grace is that art is just such a great representation of God's grace. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.